Friday. <laughs> Friday. Cold Friday. Not too much climate change happening around here on Friday. And good morning, GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Right now, most of your fake stream legacy media is very upset because you're reading articles like, in Chicago, none of the electric vehicles can take a charge. The robots are dead. You're seeing that. And they're worried that this is going to have an effect on your willingness to believe the scam that the earth is warming. So they have now issued another piece of propaganda. It reads in verbatim, U.S. in deep freeze, while much of the world is extra toasty, yet again, it's climate change. Wind chills in parts of North Dakota reached minus 70 degrees, while the heat index in Miami was more than 160 degrees, 160 degrees warmer at 92. The fourth coldest NFL football game took place in Kansas City, while across the globe, the thermometer hit a blistering 92 degrees, 12 degrees Celsius, warmer than average on Friday during Tennessee's Australian Open in Melbourne. Warm temperature records fell overnight in Aruba, Curacao, parts of Argentina, Oman, and Iran. It seems as if the world has gone topsy-turvy. In a way, it has, because all this comes from what's happening in the Arctic, <clears throat> where it used to be warming twice as fast as the rest of the planet. Now it's warming three to four times faster. Now, see, this is one of these things where you just can't go outside and check to see what it's doing in the Arctic at the moment. What they're saying is that the uh, the ice is, is, uh, is melting, right? The ice is melting. However... This turns out to be pure excrement. For December overall, 2023 had the third highest monthly gain in the 45-year record at 2.71 million square kilometers, behind 2006 at 2.85 million square kilometers uh, of ice. And in southwestern Alaska, either in most Russia, Scandinavia, and southeast Greenland, the temperatures, the air temperatures are two to four degrees Celsius lower, below average, in these areas. Cool conditions in the Bering and southern Chukchi seas explain the rapid ice growth here. So, once again, they tried to do the scam, and all you got to do is go out there and look. You know, they found... they. It just irritates me. Yes, it does. But now you got Trudeau. Trudeau. Trudeau's out there as well. See, when you're run entirely by leftists, as is Canada right now, and I'm sure they're hoping that changes soon, but who knows. Uh, well, you're in the devil's playground. And idle hands in the devil's playground? Well, that's bad. So now that Justin Trudeau and his thumb-twiddling comrades... They've run out of all the private affairs in which to meddle because they've socialized all the industries. Baby murder is everywhere and snowballing. And the unalienable rights of the people are all but dead. So what is there to do now? They've decided to create a net zero military. Now remember, this is the same dude that wanted to get out there and sick the military on all of those, uh, remember the, uh, the, the semi-truck 
protesting dudes. Remember those guys? They wanted the military to come out there and intervene because they were causing traffic jams. And they want to take that military and make them net zero. <laughs> Uh, and we get this. According to a request for proposal, Defense Construction Canada has budgeted upwards $7 million to hire net zero consultants. Why? The Trudeau, their words, liberals, want a net zero military. The Trudeau Marxists want a net zero military is the proper wording for that. Defense Construction Canada is what is called a crown corporation. They exist only to serve the Canadian government. And the principal mandate of DCC, pursuant to the Defense Production Act, is to meet the infrastructure, real property, and environmental needs of the Department of National Defense and Canadian Armed Forces by providing quality services. So they want to pay two consultants for two years, $750,000 per year per consultant. And then after two years, if, the, if they and the DCC mutually agree, then that gets extended for another three years, for five years altogether. So they make $750,000 a year for five years. Who wouldn't want in on some of that action? Now, there's obviously no such thing as net zero for a modern military. It simply does not happen. Um, there's, no, there's no scenario where you could actually achieve a net zero right now today with the technology as it exists. All that lithium and cobalt nickel has to be mined with diesel machinery. The fiberglass wind turbine blades require petroleum-based resins. And if you want to defrost them in the frosty Canada, well, that's going to take a bunch of gallons of jet fuel. And lubricating any metal-on-metal -metal component of these net-zero machines all requires crude oil products. And I could go on and on and on. It'd be the song that never ended. But I, you know, what they actually have in mind is battery-run vehicles charged by an electrical grid powered by renewable energy. And go for it. Please do. Because they were going to use tanks on the convoys. But, you know, make them battery-powered tanks. Here's a here's a text, uh, you know, uh, they intercepted. Somebody got hold of a, a text uh, uh, thread from uh, Marco Mend Mendocino and David Lametti. Texting about how many tanks to send in to break up the protests. And it starts, you need to get the police to move and the CAF if necessary. Too many people are being seriously adversely impacted by what is a, an occupation. I'm getting out as soon as I can. People are you looking to us slash you for leadership. And not stupid people. People like Carney, Kath, my team. The reply, how many tanks are you asking for? I just want to ask Anita how many we've got on hand. Uh, one said, I reckon one will do. Mendocino and Lamitti were and still are members of parliament. Both are members of the Canadian Liberal Party along with Trudeau, which is also the Canadian Marxist Party. Anita is Anita Anand the Canadian Minister of National Defense, and also a Marxist, I mean, Liberal Party member. So I can, you know, just looking at what happens when you think about in Chicago with the Teslas and all the other things that just simply would not charge because the battery technology will not charge with this because the batteries themselves have to be brought to a certain temperature, which they can't be when they're dead. If you could, you know, drag it into a building that was heated. 
<laughs> maybe by natural gas and let it sit there for a few hours, maybe then it would take a charge. But parking it outside is a no-go in this kind of climate. And, I, you know, I would love to see the Canadian military with a bunch of armored golf carts and battery-powered airplanes. I mean, that's, that's a war that fights itself. The en enemy neutralizes themselves. What a good deal that would be. It, it honestly stuns me sometimes to sit back and think about the people that have power on this planet today when you see the inner workings of their mind, when they reveal them to you. And you begin to understand, these guys are idiots. These guys are idiots. On the text line, I, um, Bill, they are hiring Navy officers to ignore Trump's orders. They're hiring Navy officers to ignore Trump's orders. I have talked about that. Are they, they're hiring them off the street. They're making them captains. I'm just trying to get a little clarity on that one, if I could. Hey, Bill, why didn't the Canadian president use the military to stop the pro-Palestine protest that's blocking traffic? Well, that's because he's a Marxist, and he thinks that serves his purpose. When we get back, we're going to go have a little fun at the expense of the World Economic Forum. Just because it's Friday. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The thing I like about the World Economic Forum is that everybody there sounds like a Bond villain. They do. Their name. And yes, I guess that's sort of uh, that's sort of some. I don't know what it would be. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. And 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 we'll get to the other part later. Um, the European Union Commissioner. Her name is Ursula von der Leyen. A German bureaucrat with big ambitions for what you're allowed to read. See, she thinks they've lost trust. So, Kevin Roberts, the president of the Heritage Foundation, they started asking him some questions, and, well, he had this to say. It's laughable that you would, or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's Standing up for it. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. 
They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. Okay. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. There you go. That's a nice takedown. I'm, I'm sure the World Economic Forum and the, the, the new president of, uh, he was talking about uh, the, that, uh, the new South American president who got out there and laid into him too. They're actually getting some tough love this year. Now, back to Ursula. Ursula is, uh, she, you know, she has quite the history of a German bureaucrat, and it got found out. And then she lied about what was found out, and it, it boils down to this. Um, she got in touch with the Pfizer CEO, Albert Borla, to uh, work some terms of the sale of the COVID-19 vaccine to the EU. And the EU, um, the European Ombudsman, uh, Emily O'Reilly, accused von der Leyen of maladministration for failure to disclose that correspondence upon a request and for claiming that the messages had disappeared and that the vaccine line item in the EU budget was confidential. The deal that she negotiated would be worth 35 billion euros and would cover the purchase of 900 million doses of the uh, Pfizer vaccine with an additional 900 million doses available for purchase. Right now, millions of these are the first, millions left out of the first 900 million are uh, 
currently unused and awaiting disposal in warehouses throughout the EU. And negotiators are trying to persuade Pfizer to make a compromise in order to halt or cancel some of the other deliveries. And they're going to end up being on the hook for this. So she's been in bed with Big Pharma over the COVID vaccine for a while, and she's trying to hide her role, which is very much in character given that, uh, you know, she's also plagiarized her medical thesis and critics have said she got away with it through political connections. And, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a typical Marxist way, she said in December, she, she said, EU nations should open a debate around making COVID-19 vaccinations mandatory because too many people still refuse to get the shots voluntarily. How about opening a debate whether the vaccine is any good? Because that's what's driving the vaccine hesitancy. But that's not what we're talking about. She wanted to make it a forced issue. And that's what passes for debate in her mind. So she wants to control the information that people are allowed to read because she doesn't think you should be allowed to make up your own mind. So along the way, we've now found out in the, in the various means and everything else, all the people they tried to shut down over things they were saying, you know, Moderna got out there. They had some things to say. Uh, they, they tried to shut down Michael Schellenberger and Russell Brand and Alex Berenson and certain doctors. They flagged Robert Kennedy Jr., this is all before uh, Twitter got bought. And uh, and as for this von der Leyen speech, it's fairly ominous because it suggests a political corporate machine that wants to shut down free speech globally. They have no idea how they're going to do it. They have no idea how they would force this to become a thing. That's, that's it. And understand what I'm about to tell you, okay? They can only get that which we give them. They cannot take anything. If everybody in the United States government was with them and wanted to pass every bill out there, depending on your mood, there's nothing they can get except that which we give them. So, I point this out just because I, I'm beginning. I, I used to think the World Economic Forum was this big, you know, archetypical, uh, you know, bunch of villains they're a clown show it's a clown show of a bunch of old people i mean and if you look at the bond villains well you've got schwab who looks like uh, you know blofeld they've got uh, they've got john Kerry, who looks like jaws you know they're all james bond villains so <laughs> having said all of those things um I hope that eases your mind a little bit about the World Economic Forum. Yes, they have. They got plans. They have plans that they want to try to see come to fruition. And they're getting slammed with reality. Lots and lots of it. And it, it don't taste good. It does not taste good. Coming up next is going to be Michael Letts from investusa.org. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joined now by Michael Letts from InvestUSA.org. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bill. Always a privilege. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. 
So uh, we see this, uh, and South Carolina, I think, is the number three destination. We got a lot of blue state refugees coming this way, don't we? <laughs> we sure do. Seems like they're all doing the best they can to get away from the blue states up north and come south to where we have sensible laws, we have respect for rights and freedom, and we have a much better climate. Now, have you got any sense... Are, are they leaving uh, their politics behind? Have you got any sense of are they, they're, they're coming here because they, they're looking for sanity or are they coming here going, well, listen, you bumpkins obviously don't know how to run your lives. Let me tell you how we do it up north. Well, surprisingly, uh, Bill, in the past, that's the way it's always been. They move south and they move the Democratic politics south. Of course, you know, in your earlier stages, the Northern Democrats were much more liberal even than the Southern Democrats. But, of course, now you don't really have a Democratic Party. You have a bunch of leftist ideologists, crazies, that are minority that are taking over the party and just doing stuff that makes absolutely no common sense or any other kind of sense for that matter. And I think what you're seeing now is those that are moving realize that their policies are so driven by those without any bit of sense at all, they don't want the same thing to happen where they're moving to. So while they may be more liberal, they certainly are realizing that this democratic ideology that has taken over the party is from somewhere in outer space, and nobody can understand this logic, because it has none. So, and I'd read this in more than one place. I I saw this with this uh, particular thing with you. The Southeast now has a larger GDP than the Northeast, which that's probably the first time that's ever been that way, right? First time in history. Yeah. So here's here's the interesting part about it. Had that been the case during the Civil War, South would have won easily. Yeah. So that's a vital vital factor to keep in mind. The uh, now the problem the North is going to have, and I don't I don't know the exact details, but I know that all of these big population centers in their downtown core. This is all office space. And Correct. most of this office space, most of, most of this commercial real estate is empty. I mean, how, how, do they, how do they come back from this when nobody wants to work downtown in these places and they're, and they're leaving the state in droves? Well, and and these, worse. these governors and all these people that are out because there they're saying, well, just residential increase the taxes. They, they the tax... How many... And, how, is there any idea to figure out how many different ways? How, how many ways does New York tax one dollar that you might earn? Do we do we even have any date? Is it ten? Is it twenty? How many different ways do they tax it? For every dollar you bring in, they keep sixty to seventy percent. Wow, on the taxes. So it is one of the most taxed areas. The commercial district is not going to come back, especially after understand this. The only thing that makes commercial districts thrive is when people with money. In other words, you have something to spend, you're not just window shopping, and come down because they work downtown. And so on their lunch breaks, after they get off work, et cetera, right. they'll go and spend money. Right. But when your office facilities have shut down because people feel threatened, they don't want to work in an unsafe environment, you can't pay me enough to work if I don't know if I'm going to come home every day. Right. Unless you're a cop, obviously. But... When that happens, then there's no workforce downtown. So those spaces go empty. Of course, if there's no workforce, there's nobody to buy any of the goods or services that are still downtown, so they go empty. 
So you have all this commercial slash uh, office space available just sitting there. So what does the government do in these areas? Instead of incentivizing and bringing people back by making them feel safe, making it be the kind of clean, safe community that it should be for businesses and for commercial retail, then you say, okay, well, it's empty buildings. We'll just take them over and house the homeless down here. So they're putting the final coffin, the uh, nail in the coffin for any type of commercial or any type of uh, office space downtown. Because now you're flooded with people that are, are prone to criminality. You say, why would you say that? Well, when I give you a place to live downtown, but you have no job, you have nothing to do because I'm paying your benefits. Remember, a couple thousand every month, at least 2500 from the government. Right. What do you do? You sit around all day, walk up and down the downtown streets and find out what kind of trouble you can get into. So it's just destroyed. And they will not be able to come back with that. Why did I say, make such a profound statement? Because when you put illegal immigrants into these kind of situations, you think they're trying to say, hey, let me go buy a can of paint from Lowe's and make this place look better. Yeah. They're running them into the ground. So when they finally do leave, there's nothing left. They have destroyed. You have to put billions of dollars in, in uh, infrastructure to fix everything back up. Should you decide to do that? By then, they found new locations. They're not coming back. Well, one of the things I see that I, I I hear they want them to do is they want to give them work permits. I've seen that deal That's being true. discussed in the Senate, right? Now, That's if true. they give them work permits in New York right now, what kind of work is available to them when they're living in a Nothing. renovated office building that had to be renovated because there was no business going on down there? What what kind of job are they going to find? Well, they're not going to find anything. Just being, I hate to sound so pessimistic, but it's true. The kind of jobs that they bring or in agriculture, you know, I mean, we have equipment now that takes the fields yourself. A lot of those farmers are smaller farmers. They can't afford that. So they pay uh, workers, medium or illegal, to pick crops. We're in the dead of winter. So there is no uh, work there. There's no work there. You're no growing any crops in downtown. So that's not going to work. Nope. And the other thing they bring is what I call specialized labor skills. They're brick masons. They're carpenters, et cetera. You may find an odd job here and there, but we're not expanding. We're not building new buildings downtown that require their services because everybody's leaving. So basically, you're, why are you giving them work uh, permits? Because it validates to the Democrats and political position. These people are here changing their lives. We gave them a work permit. They're working. They're becoming productive citizens. They're paying taxes. So this is you all. You really analyze that statement. You don't, it, you don't want anybody doing that. It's, so are they virtue signaling the savior complex? Or are they trying to cultivate new voters or all of the above? Or Well, what they're doing is they're providing, it's all of the above. They're providing justification. Because remember, the charge is you're bringing all these illegals in. They're either criminals or they're, or they're just over pouring tons of money and we're getting nothing in return. Right. So they're trying to counter that argument. Oh, no, they're productive workers. They're paying taxes. They're voting the right way. They're doing all kind of wonderful things. The only thing they're doing is voting the way the Democrats tell them to do, and they don't even do that. The Democrats actually fill out their voter uh, piece of paper for them and say, hey, we're going to drop it in for you. You know, Don't even need to worry about going to the post office. Just, just, just make your mark on here. We got you. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, I saw that. That's one of those things I've been I, – I, I'm, I'm very anxious to actually speak to some people from down here. Maybe we could find some of those and talk to them. Michael, uh, I'll be in touch, and uh, thank you for joining me today investusa.org he gives away uh, protective vests to law enforcement i'll be talking to you sir
that I, I guess I guess we lost Michael with that. He didn't even say goodbye. Now see if I were one of these snowflakes, it upset me. But no, I'm just going to tell you about Nikki Haley when she gets back and all these eggs she's putting in a basket in New Hampshire. <laughs> this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, the New Hampshire race is coming up, and Nikki Haley is very sure she's going to win that one. Uh, I don't know if she quite has figured out, you know, there's more to getting the nomination than winning New Hampshire, but that seems to be where she's put all of her eggs in her basket. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Let's go to the phones. John in Blue Ridge. Yes, sir. Hey, Bill, I, I want you to know I really appreciate your show. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yes, sir. I, I appreciate uh, you taking time to listen to it. Thank you very much. Outstanding. Yes, sir. Well, uh, there's a, a few things I want to address, and you could put them all in the category of missing information. Ah. And one of those things is the emissions of the electric vehicle. See, those emissions are occurring somewhere else. Right. The energy is going through four stages of conversion, plus transference, plus storage degradation. Whereas with an internal combustion engine, you only have two stages of uh, conversion with the energy. That's one piece of missing information. And then another piece of missing information is the false idea that these wind turbines and solar panels are renewable energy. If you can't use a wind turbine to manufacture, install, mine, transport another wind turbine, then it's actually requiring energy from another source to make it. Same with the solar panel. Right. And then the third piece of missing information is the false notion that if we neglect having constitutional carry, then we don't have to worry about untrained people carrying around us. Uh, and my question with that is, where is the verification that the criminal carrying has training? And even that we want them to have training. And I guess the reason I put that forth is to say, Let's not put law-abiding citizens behind criminals. Cr criminals don't abide by any regulations. Sure. Right. And so they carry without verification. And that's it. That's my whole call. Uh, well, that's, that's just you seeing through the semantic nonsense. And I appreciate you employing that critical thinking. I wish everybody did that. I wish everybody would take that look at it and just not go, oh, these are great. I just plug it in. It's just, it, it's just the cleanest energy known to man. <laughs> well, just clean energy. You know, and you, I had I had a state senator one time tell me that the reason he did not advocate for open carry and permitless carry was that the police officers would not know the difference between the criminals and the good guys. And I pointed out to him at the time. I said, you know, there's twenty some odd states that have this already. So are you saying law enforcement in South Carolina is just so abjectly stupid they can't figure out who 
is carrying a gun, <laughs> whether they're good guys or bad guys. Or is that what you're saying? This was this yeah. this guy at the time was in head of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Yeah, really. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, you know those. That I'm talking about but, uh, Larry Martin. Yeah. Yeah, but well, you know, those are a bunch of Democrats down there anyway. They, and he was a Republican too. Come up with any excuse. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, well, I mean, any excuse. Well, they possible. say they're Republicans. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. We we just don't understand the nuance, you and I. We don't understand the nuance. If we knew the nuance, we'd understand why they do what they do because they have to do it the way the way they do because of the nuance. Because we don't understand politics, and uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I get that. I, yeah. yeah, I I do not understand why it is so important for you to have a job that pays ten thousand dollars a year. You're right. I do not get politics. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, man. I'm not buying that. You know, anyway. those energy conversion stages are. Uh, it's basically that starts out as potential chemical energy, and then right. it goes to heat energy, right. then mechanical energy, then electrical energy, then you have the transference process. But, uh, and to me, that then whole process is very unstable if something gets out of whack. That's the problem. Yeah, then the storage anyway. degradation process, yep. which is I'm running out of time. I'm about to hit the clock, so I I appreciate critical thinking. I really do. I really do appreciate that. We'll get to uh, we'll get to we'll get to the governor here in just a minute when she when we get back. Uh, she's she's putting everything she's got into New Hampshire, and I don't know what that's going to prove because she's thirty points down in South Carolina. She is she is the Republican slash Democrat slash swamp creature Kamala Harris with five inch heels. I finally figured out a way to put that in there because she's she wears that like a badge of honor. I don't quite get it. I don't go around going, you know, I wear dunks. I, I don't use my shoes as a strength, of, you know, a, a matter of strength. I'm just, you know, just glad to have on shoes when I'm outdoors. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 